In life, it is so important to know how to manage our own finances, both personally and also in business. But sometimes as creative business owners, we get so caught up in creating that it's really hard to focus on the business side of things. So that's why I brought on Corey and Treslin from 30-something Millionaire. In this episode, they teach practical tips on how to manage our finances, how to plan for the future, and how to plan for your business financially. This episode is really insightful, and I'm really excited to share all of it with you. So I want to get into it today. Before I do, I want to let you know that while recording, we did have a couple of technical issues. So towards the beginning, um, when they start talking, they cut out a little bit, but that's only temporary and it does get better. So I want to get into the episode and I just hope you guys enjoy it and learn a lot of great insights from it. And uh, when you do, after you're done, feel free to reach out to them or me and let me know how it was. Um, I hope you guys enjoy. Welcome to the Let's Be Honest About Business podcast. If you're anything like me, then you strive for us all to be honest with where we're at in our business rather than putting on a front. You can expect to hear about struggles and successes to everything in between from myself and others in business. I'm your host, Morgan, and through being honest with what I've struggled with, I'll be sharing practical tips on how to get out of your slumps and run the business of your dreams regardless of where you're at. Whether you're driving in your car or sipping coffee on your couch, I hope you find this information valuable. Let's hang out. You guys, thank you so much for being on. How are you doing today? Hey there, Morgan. We're doing awesome. We had really busy days, but we're just super excited to talk with you and share our hearts for personal finance with the world. Yeah, thank you very much for having us. Oh, absolutely. And I'm really excited about our topic because this is finances are something that you guys are passionate about. But before we get into our topic, why don't you guys tell everyone just a little bit about yourself? What do you guys do for work? How did you start 30 something millionaire? All of that. I want to know everything. Okay. So I can start. Uh, I am a finance manager. I didn't have the start into my career. I had got a job out of college at a small startup love work I was doing, learned a ton. Unfortunately, the company ran out of money in the first year I had been working there and I was laid off after my first year of work. So being a new graduate, really hard to face, but for one thing, it made me dig answers and really take a hard look at, wow, what would happen if I lost my job again in the future? And then also work to set myself up for success at the next company I worked for. So now I am at a really large company and I've been able to grow there in my career, which has been wonderful. Um, I'm also a Colorado native and really love living in Denver. Alrighty. And then, uh, I'll go back into a little bit of my background and then, uh, and move into kind of the inspiration behind uh, why I was called, you know, cheap my whole life, I guess. Uh, but now it's blossomed into something a little bit different. But um, so I also um, went to CSU and uh, graduated with a degree in finance and uh, unfortunately graduated into the worst uh, economy that you could go into, um, which was really tough. It was the worst placement that CSU had ever had uh, back in the uh, recession and um, ended up finding a job at a smaller company that was going through bankruptcy, which was a super cool experience. Really learn a lot about businesses um, when you're working at a company that is going through bankruptcy. 
Um, and through that, um, worked through the tiers, and now I'm also a finance manager um, at a cable company, and uh, I help run the investor relations side of the business, and so we are a public company um, that entails uh, putting together earnings releases, writing scripts for executives to read in those earnings releases, and uh, the annual reports, so 10Ks and 10Qs, all the SEC-mandated reports. Sports, uh, we help develop those and then uh, also do financial planning and analysis for the company and that is the topic budgeting forecasting and uh, you know making sure uh, the company is meeting goals both both in the short term and the long term and then uh, so the money side of things I don't know what what it was totally but my parents were always very very frugal my parents were you know relatively well off and the they worked very hard but did it all themselves and so from that they were very 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 cheap which I guess when I was younger frustrated me a little bit because everybody was running around with fancy clothes and I was getting used sweatpants for Christmas but um, you know that helped me learn about money and the value of a dollar so I started working when I was 13 years old um, at a golf course and uh, you know after getting my first check from all the work that I had done I didn't really want to waste that money at all so you know, if there's anything that I could say that I am okay at in life is learning how to do a lot with a little. And so it really taught me how, you know, what the value of a dollar is and really how to stretch it, but still have fun. I've always had a passion for, you know, doing fun things and, you know, never limiting my life because of money. You just figure out how to do it, um, which is something that, you know, when you're not making very much, you learn how to do very well. Um, you know, and from that, I, you know, I always, I never really spent money and we can go into some funny stories as well in a little bit but um you know i've always i've always been very frugal i've never surrounded my life with you know what i make i really just focus on what i love and then try to figure out how to make it happen and not bring money into the equation so um you know i started to learn how to build budget templates and really really would stick to my budget templates and it never really mattered what i made i just had savings goals that i wanted to hit so through that i started to get a lot of questions from people people and you know I always have people come in to ask me about money I love talking about it um, you know so we started helping out a lot of people a couple of years ago um, we would help people build budgets um, it was something that you know really didn't have the mass impact that we wanted to have it was really really cool on a micro scale to see you know people change how they think about things and then all of a sudden these people are buying houses and buying cars and you know talking about how much they're investing in their 401ks uh, which was awesome this see but we wanted to make it a little bit more of a mass effect um, we've also done some consulting on the side since we both work in finance um, we've also done some consulting for smaller companies um, you know through different projects but we really wanted to figure out how to get you know our passion out to the masses yeah so we obviously started thinking okay people keep coming to us and asking how are you guys able to save money and still go on really cool trips and do all these fun things and really in the middle of last year we thought why don't we just write a book let's sit down and put all of this on paper and write a personal finance book so we spent probably six months getting this all out on the page essentially going through it a couple times and figuring out what made sense to be in the book and we're super excited today we just got an email from our editor that the first round of edits 
are finished and we're hoping that the final product will be done sometime mid 2018 or 2019 sorry um, and we'll be able to share our book with the world in either June or July of this year so we're really excited Wow, that's awesome. That's so cool. I was I was going to ask you when do you think your book is going to come out and that's that's you basically just answered my question for me. Um how cool you guys. I love that. And I love that you've basically taken your passion and turned it into something that you can ultimately help other people with. I think that's what the most successful um people or business owners do is when they when they can help people with what they've what they're passionate about and what they've learned from, um, then they can grow. So I'm super excited to follow your journey and um, obviously cheer you guys on along the way. So you guys know that this is a Let's Be Honest About Business podcast. So I'm just wondering if you guys can share your honest moment of the week with me. So maybe something that you've been struggling with or um, you know something that you've had to overcome. What is that for you guys? Yeah, so I would say our honest moment of the week really is that Instagram is hard and content planning is hard <laughs> and finding your target niche on the internet is so hard. Uh, we This week was just harder for us in planning the content that we wanted to post because we want to make sure that we're putting out quality content that's actually going to serve our audience. We don't want to put out anything that's not valuable. Uh, so we're really lucky we get to work on this project together because usually if one of us is feeling like they're having a really hard time, the other one can uplift the other and get the team motivated again to bring on the upcoming week. Yeah, I think it's huge having a support system because, I mean, it is entrepreneurship, I think is such a, is a loose term that gets thrown around a lot nowadays and people just think it's this fun, luxurious, you know journey but it's the complete opposite i mean you really need to love what you're trying to do to to bring it to the finish line um you know because both of us i mean i know last week last week it was you know i was working you know from seven to ten o'clock at night every day and it was it was a lot and you got to come home and then you have to start planning on your instagram and getting the book edits through and you know it's something that we're very passionate about but it's not it's it, it you need to be dedicated you need to do a lot of work and it's really nice having a partner with you because it's someone that you know let's face it everybody's not happy every day um and being able to have that support system goes both ways um but it's it's a lot harder than people really think it is to really drive a business yeah and picking up on your thread of having a support system it's super fulfilling and fun for us to be running a business with our significant other it definitely is hard some days and i think people should realize that before they decide to start a business with their spouse because it's not always easy you won't always see eye to eye and sometimes someone will say things that something that seems personal but it's really not they're just trying to make sure that the team does what is best for the business and you might not have had the right idea and i know i've struggled with that because i'm definitely more of a sensitive person and i <laughs> tend to think i have pretty good ideas but we're learning through this together and figuring out how to make this business be the best that it can be yeah I love that. Thank you so much for sharing that. It's encouraging to know. I mean, obviously, 
we w- I want you guys to succeed as much as possible. But as a business owner, it's encouraging to know that other businesses struggle too. It doesn't matter how much we, um, you know, put on a front on Instagram or mm-hmm. share like the highlights. We're all struggling and we're all we're all in this together. We're all trying to figure it out still. And we're all, we all don't know fully what we're doing. So. Absolutely. And I think it really makes you appreciate other entrepreneurs Uh when you are one, because you do see how much harder it is. And um, I mean, I know we, I've talked about Instagram, but it is a hard platform to get traction on. And you may think before you're an entrepreneur, Oh, that person only has 2000 followers or they only have 10,000 followers and they should have a hundred thousand, whatever it is. You don't realize how hard it is to grow your base and make sure it, making sure it's a good base until you actually mm-hmm. try um, because you want your followers to be engaged. And it just has given me such a bigger appreciation for other entrepreneurs and wanting to encourage others and tell them to keep going. And if you're not passionate about it, it's going to be very hard to keep put through the times because it's not like you're saying, it's, it's not glamorous all the time. It's really, it's not glamorous most of the time, but it's not why you do it. Yeah. Um, you know, and I think that's one thing that, you know, people need to understand. You got to be 110% committed and you got to be really consistent. Um, you know, and I, you know, I think one day's, you know, it's not even paying dividends as far as money goes, but you know, paying dividends as far as making an impact, I think is what will keep driving, you know, specifically us. And I bet a lot of other people inside their businesses. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I totally can hear you guys out on that. It's so funny before you become an entrepreneur, you have this idea that you get to work at home and your gym and <laughs> your bed and have coffee. And while that definitely has its place. It definitely wears off too after a while. And then you realize, okay, if I need to keep this business running and if I want to be successful, I, I need to really dive in, do the work, put my blinders on. And that is really hard sometimes. So It's very, very hard. For anybody that has anything, they work very hard to get it. I think that's one thing that people need to understand. It does not come easy. Yeah, that's a great message. Oh, for sure. (laughs) We could honestly end the podcast right there. (laughs) Um, Oh my gosh, I love that. Well, so you guys have obviously have a heart for helping other people with their finances. You know, you're really passionate about it and anyone could tell. And you've turned it into your own business. What is the reason behind this? So I, uh, I will take this a little bit. And I, you know, although I was so upset with my parents back in the day when I wasn't, you know, getting what I wanted all the time from them, um, learning that skill it ultimately really is one of the best things that ever happened in my life. And, you know, growing up, you know, really making sure to have, I just have always had a huge, huge passion for life, but I've had a huge passion for money. And those two start butting each other on the head, but you get such a cool product once you start to understand it a little bit. And so, you know, one thing we started helping people and when we, when I started talking to people about it, it was amazing. The simple concepts that people just didn't understand. And it's, you know, the finance industry is a lot like the diet industry. It's very, very simple. Like if you want to lose weight, you can look at what your caloric intake is, you know, for the day, exercise a little bit, boom. You know, so why is it a multi-billion dollar industry? It's, it's the execution that people don't understand is the hard part. Um, you know, it's just like finances, just don't spend more than you make and, and then you're all done. But, you know, people are on, there's just, there's simple little tweaks that people just don't understand that if you make those, you won't even realize 
that you're, you know, sticking to a budget or, you know, limiting your life a little bit and you all of a sudden, you know, start to have a much bigger impact in your life with money. And I hate to see it because what it really comes about is it ruins people's lives. I mean, if you look at marriages, it's, I think it's like the second, you know, biggest reasoning behind divorces. It's, um, you know, you hate to see, you know, older gentlemen or, you know, women working, you know, at a, like we were at the supermarket last night and it kills me to see older people working those jobs where, you know, you could just do a little bit and, and change your entire life. And it is not something that takes a, it's not a huge change. I mean, one thing that I talk about with people is, and one of our biggest preaches is, look, you just need to focus on what adds value to your life and with every single purchase and with a fierce intensity, looking at everything. You know, so when we talk about us going skiing, we're there to ski. We're not there to eat a $25 hamburger. The $25 hamburger is not what I'm going to remember next week. I'm going to remember that cool run with my friends. And so for us, it's really teaching people look, focus with intensity in every second of the day to figure out, does this add value to my life? Does this enrich my life? Being able to find those little tweaks is what opens up tons of opportunities to go take trips, to, to really to do whatever you want in your life and take control of your life. Um, you know, and really like a lot of what we do in the book is we teach people about simple things. What is a mortgage? What, you know, what is a monthly payment? What is a car loan? What are the effects that this has on you? It's very simple things that they don't teach you in school. Like not at all. You learn astronomy, sociology, geometry. I don't even know. Yeah. You learn all of these different things. Um, you know, and going into that, they burden you with a lot of student loans and then they don't teach you about them. And it's just something that really frustrates me because, you know, these kids will go into college and not understanding it. And why are they, you know, they're not going to get it. They don't teach us in school and, you know, they're te they're getting taught by their parents who might not be financially fit people. Um, you know, the average credit card debt on a household, I think is almost 16,000 every household. Don't quote me on uh, yeah, statistic, but we got those people teaching our children about, you know, how to manage money. Um, so I just, I get so like, I get so intense about it because it really, you know, for these people, they just don't understand. And it's very simple. It's, you know, for us, you know, helping people create the budgets and budgets, this big, bad B word. It's not, I mean, rich people budget, fortune 500 companies budget, poor people need to budget. And it's not a limitation. It's a maximization of your money. I mean, you know, going back to the story of my childhood, I obviously went to crazy extremes which isn't right either, you know, and Trezen maybe was raised a little bit of a different way, but we help balance each other out. So when we talk about budgeting, it's huge, you know, it's uncovering what adds value to our life, what enriches our lives. And then we talk about what we want to use the money for. And that helps us just drive towards, um, you know, hitting our milestones and then stripping everything out of our life that doesn't add value, which we, it doesn't impact our life because it doesn't add value in the first place. And, and helping people focus on that will help people live the life they love and save a ton more so they can retire one day and actually, you know, keep living that life they love. But it's just simple tweaks that, that people have. Yeah. And I'll just add one final comment on that. We just really want to show people how they can live their life and thrive. That's our entire goal for people is for them just to absolutely thrive and to not have to worry about money. It should be a tool to get you to where you want to be, but it should not control your life in any aspect. Yeah, I love that. And I think a lot of people, they idolize money, mm -hmm. where, you know, 
to the point where it's actually a negative thing but um but you guys do it in such a practical way where it's like it's not you shouldn't idol it or idolize it you shouldn't be afraid of it but this is what you can do to steward it so i love that i and i know obviously knowing our finances is really important especially when it comes to running a business can you guys talk a little bit about why it is important to know even know what our finances are yeah so i'll i can start off on Mm -hmm. this one so if you think about it all big companies have budgets and very large finance departments which is not going to happen for a solo entrepreneur or just even a small company they won't be able to have big finance departments, but there is such an importance on creating a budget and having a plan. Because if you know where you're going, we think about budgets a lot as a roadmap. If you know where you're going and you have the directions, you are going to be more prepared for any surprises along the way. Yeah. Something that I would say is, you know, okay, say you want to spend $5,000 and invest in your business. When can you spend that 5,000? What is that 5,000 going to turn into? I think the, I think a problem with a lot of businesses and one thing that, you know, I always preach is, you know, it's, it's never really good to spend a lot of money chasing an idea. I think it's good to spend the money after you make it and just keep investing inside of your business. But I know for, you know, any companies, like let's just say, you know, the company I work at, it's not, it's not a massive company, but we have a team of accountants. We have a team of finance individuals and our company doesn't spend a dollar until we have a plan for that dollar. Um, and I think a lot of people can, especially in businesses and entrepreneurs in general can mix, you know, the feelings of that's a smart, it's smart to put money into here. It's smart to do this. But if you really run your business in a very scrappy lean way, it's ultimately going to be a business that has a better foundation. So, um, and I talk to a lot of business owners um, and they're big. One of the biggest things is they just don't know when they can spend money. They don't know, um, you know, because they might not understand the receivables that are coming in. It's, it's just laying down a simple plan. Um, and, and a budget is like a GPS system. Like if you're going, you know, to a new restaurant downtown, you're probably going to punch it in your phone and your phone's going to guide you there. And that's all that a budget is just understanding where your future destination is, which changes month to month and you update it month to month, but you would never leave your house to go out to dinner with some friends and not put it in your GPS. I think it's that important. Right. Yeah. Um, I think a lot of entrepreneurs actually struggle with knowing, even just keeping track of what their finances is every month, Mm -hmm. you know, what goes out, what comes in. Um, So when we talk about investing into our businesses, what are some things that entrepreneurs should be aware of when it comes to investing in their business? And is there ever a time where it's actually dangerous to invest? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, um, here I'll, I'll start on this one, then I'll pass it over to Treslin. I think, and to your point too about, you know, it might not seem like a value impact at the time, you know, for these business owners to, you know, to track what they spend and be that diligent about it. But the thing is, if you have data points, then you have decision-making points. I mean, the thing mm-hmm. is, you have historical, you know, any type of historical data. So, like, I'll talk about bringing it over to a personal side again. Is, you know, on my budget, I. And this might be a little bit intense, but I itemize every dollar we spend every single week. Um, it takes me a little bit of time. It's the first thing I do Monday morning. Um, and so, yeah, it does take a little bit of time. It's not really impacting my life. It's not driving any value at that second in time. But now I have data points that go back for you know multiple years. And I can ultimately make any type of decision because of the data points that we have. You know, and understanding when can we, we, when can we spend money or 
and it's this exact same for a business. When we start in for the annual budget process, we just pour over that historical data, understand as much things as we can. So even if it might not seem like a value add to sit there every week and bucketize you know, any type of spending inside of a business, once you can look back and have historical data, you'll thrive going forward because you'll understand you know, drivers of a business. Yeah. So then weaving into the investing in your own personal business, what we really recommend, and we live by this also, is that we really think you should invest minimally at first until you have a proven concept. Don't go out and spend $10,000 on whatever you think you need because you haven't even attracted your target audience yet. Yeah, we don't put the lien on the house just yet. Yeah, exactly. You shouldn't assume what your audience wants and invest in it. You should wait until you have a proven concept and then be able to make decisions just like what you were saying, Corey, based on the historical activity that you've seen. What are And then you will know the right areas to invest. And as you start to make money, you can really be able to invest money back into the business. Mm -hmm. And then it becomes a kind of circular cycle. Yeah, you're just in, it's always making sure that you have some type of proven concept because you want to build a business being scrappy. Throwing money at a problem will never fix it. Um, you know, being creative to address the problem and then invest in it later will just multiply your returns. Yeah, that's a really good point. And you alluded to this earlier, Corey. You said when you were younger, you had always learned how to do a lot with a little and stretching every single dollar that you have. Mm -hmm. If you're an entrepreneur and you're investing, you know, 10,000, 20,000, whatever it is into your business, but you're just starting out in, in, you might not know how to manage that money, that type of money versus if maybe you were to invest let's say $500 into your business. Mm -hmm. I think if, I think a lot of people have this idea that overnight success is a thing when in reality it's actually not. Mm -hmm. But if you can learn how to do with a lot with a little, you can eventually learn how to do a lot with a lot. It's, it's the same thing that you were talking about, Treslin, with growing your guys' Instagram. It's really hard to grow an audience, but you're not going to know how to handle a audience of, you know, 5,000 followers or whatever it is, if you don't even know how to handle an audience of 50. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Um, how can entrepreneurs on that note, how can entrepreneurs work with what they already have in order to grow their business? I think that they can really do a lot with a little, like we were just talking about and just start to, and it will really open any entrepreneur's mind to say, okay, Let's look at everything that we have out there right now and try to figure out what is going to be the best for my business. Before I go out and try to pay people to do things, let me start to think about how to maximize what I have and get creative. And I think that way you will really come up with something that will serve your target audience in the best way possible. I mean, I think too, it's all about traction. I mean, you're going to start to get traction without spending the money. And the thing is, is if you don't get the traction, then it might not be the best business in the world. I think a lot of people will try to hold on to ideas too. Um, you know, cause in their head it's, it's this fabulous thing. It's going to be amazing. You know, people just don't get it yet, but, um, you know, you need to make sure to have them get it. And then if you can, if you can excel in that level, then, then you, you're setting yourself up completely for success. 
success, but you have to have to make sure that you have a concept that works on a very micro level. Um, and it doesn't matter. I mean, if you're pleasing 10 people, start there and grow. If it's a good product, it'll grow. Um, you know, listen to them. It's not about throwing money at the customers. Listen to what they want. Listen to what they're interested in. Um, you know, and if you start to make a little bit of money, then put that back in the business, but never, never go full leap on something that, um, that is not a proven concept. And I think something else that we have been really doing as well is asking our friends and trusted advisors what they think would be great content for us to put out there and what their ideas are on personal finances or what they wish they would have known. And so if you can really lean on your support system to help you find your target, you don't need any money to be able to grow that. You, it's just the resources that you already have. And I think it's a great way to uh, enrich your content. So when it comes to money, I think, especially when you're running a business, you obviously have to change your mindset about it. If you, you know, I, I, before we hit record, I was telling you guys how, when I grew up, I was kind of raised with a poor money mindset and I've had to mentally change that mindset to an idea of, you know, a positive money, money mindset where there's no scarcity. I don't lack that. I don't lack money. I don't lack clients. Um, you know, whatever it is for any entrepreneur, but how do we create a positive money mindset if we are raised with a poor money mindset? So I think first of all, you can start out by building a budget. Like Corey had mentioned earlier, so many think people think about a budget as a negative word and people say, Oh, I have to be on a budget instead of saying I have a budget. And I make and it's my and when have that plan place, it's just absolutely awesome. You realize how you make your money work for you. You are prepared for any surprise that will come down the line. And it does give you this idea of abundance and that you do have the resources to do this that you need to do. Yeah, I think, um, I mean, I think it's tough. There, everybody comes from different worlds and everybody comes from different experiences. But I mean, ultimately, you know, you have to be, and then in this world too, you can make money doing oh my, just about anything. So I think, you know, a lot of it's with confidence too, just in, within yourself and understanding that money is going to come at some point. It's not, um, you know, too many people strap that carrot to their head and just run after it. And they never reach that carrot. I think, uh, you know, doing something that you're passionate about and having a positive mindset, you know, and thinking about, you know, where you want to get to and not having any type of goal in mind. I mean, with money, it, it dictates too many people's decisions about, you know, okay, I'll fix this when I have a lot of money or I don't have money, so I can't do that. But, um, you know, starting small and just being consistent um, and having a plan too is, I mean, for me, it's the biggest thing in the world. I think, you know, it's hard to understand where you're going to end up this month, next month, next year, five years, 10 years. And the only thing, you know, people have this, okay, we, part of the name of our book too, having a million in there, millions, this big goal for people that they, they don't really understand how to get there, but they don't understand. It's just a small little thing every single day. And if you put that out on a piece of paper, you can see, you know, if I do this one step and I take this next step, you know, and then this next step and just small little increments every single day, you know, every week, every month, every year, you end up, you can accomplish so, so 
much, but it's never focusing on this big mountain that you have to climb. It's just looking at the next step that you have to take is all. If you just keep walking, you'll end up there. Yeah, it's the consistent practices that you put into everyday life. Mm -hmm. And something that has really helped Corey and I in our personal finance journey is putting rewards in place. So having another positive reinforcement set out there for when we reach certain net wealth goals and we achieve certain things, we say, hey, if we can get to this stretch goal, let's let's go on a trip mm -hmm. or what would you like to do? We talk with each other constantly about these goals and keep them at the front of our mind and having that positive reward when we reach them is super helpful in having a positive money mindset. And it's rewards that have to be in smaller increments too. I mean, yeah, you know, you really, you know, celebrate anything along the way. It doesn't matter if you saved a dollar or a hundred thousand. I mean, it's really, I mean, you probably shouldn't celebrate every dollar. That's but. probably true. But <laughs> I mean, you want to make sure that, you know, I mean, set those goals for yourself and nothing's too little and nothing's too big. I mean, you know, have big goals and, and, and go towards that, but have to celebrate all the small milestones along the way. I mean, you really need to, um, you need to have a purpose for doing it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's really important. And also, I think that when we set huge picture goals, it's really hard to, it's really easy actually to get super overwhelmed. Mm -hmm. So what are some practical tips that people can make for achieving those uh big goals, you know, in a smaller way, especially also in in the sense of making sure that we don't go into debt over our businesses. hundred percent. So, um, it, you know, you really like for us, I got, I'll go back to the budgeting cause I, I guess I end up saying that a lot, but it's, <laughs> I mean, a big part of our it's life. huge. I think, you know, having stuff out on, you know, whether it's Excel, you carve it into a rock outside, you write on a wall, whatever it is, a sticky note on the fridge, probably, hopefully it's in Excel. But, um, you know, put the plan out there and, you know, you might be able to want to get to a goal at a certain point. And it's tough with businesses, especially small businesses, because, you know, they can go one way or the other very, very quickly. But, um, you know, you really have to set small goals. And so like for us, um, and I'll take it back to personal finance, but we can relate it back to business in, in the same way. You know, I update our budget every, every week. And I update, we have a balance sheet, which um, it just summarizes our assets and our liabilities. This is how we calculate our net worth. It's the only thing we ever think about. For a business, that's your retained earnings on a business is what, you know, ultimately, well, the business might be a little bit different, you know, as far as valuations go. But um, um, same type of concept, though, you know, a business tries to grow valuation. In a personal instance, we try to grow our wealth. And so we, I have weekly goals, we have monthly goals, we have quarterly goals, we have yearly goals goals. Um, and we talk about them throughout the way. You have to have the small increment goals to have the large goal because it's like a stair step. I mean, look at a big staircase. You can't just jump to the top of the staircase. It takes a lot of steps to get to the top. If you just sat there and looked at the cliff that you have to get up to, there's no way. You can't visualize how to make that work until you can connect it, which is the stairs that you put down. And every single step is a small milestone. We'll try to time in about something as well. Oh yeah. I was just saying, especially when when someone is starting out, whether it's for their business or personally on creating financial statements for themselves and forecasts, it, I think it's super important to have shorter term goals for them at that point, because when they make their 
first budget and they get to the end of the month and they stayed on track, that's reason to celebrate because you stuck to your plan for a month. And then maybe after that, you say, okay, in six months, I'm going to re reevaluate how I did according to my budget, obviously while updating it mm -hmm. each month or each week, however you decide to do it. But then reward yourself when you get to that point, if you've achieved the goals that you want to. And when you receive that positive reinforcement, it'll be great um, for yourself. And, and, it, then, and then- uh, I was going to say too, as far as going into debt over yeah. businesses, I mean, you really, really need to be careful about, you know, ever investing money into businesses and exponentially- that you don't have. I totally agree. I mean, you know, debt is, you know, for some people, debt is a, is a great tool that it creates leverage and where there's leverage, you can create multiple returns. Uh, but it also goes the other way as well. And so, you know, we always talk to a lot of people, like for an example, we're on a 15 year mortgage and some people are like, well, you know, you should not pay down your house at all and just invest all that money in the stock market. You know, I'm like, well, that's, that's great. You always have to find balances on things, you know, so debt can multiply your returns, but it also goes the other way. And that's the huge thing that people just miss is, you know, if you are going to be starting a business, you know, going into personal debt or business debt, it's both the same thing. And it's a very dangerous, dangerous way to live because debt can keep propping you up. Right. I mean, you're not making the money. And so you keep funding it with debt. You fund it with debt. You fund it with debt. It may seem like you have a business going on. All that you're doing is digging yourself a hole. You know, and the people that really are scrappy about the businesses leave money out of the equation and they'll hustle 10 times harder around the other person that's just throwing cash at it. Ultimately the person that can hustle really hard, and be scrappy and be creative. I mean, that's the person who's going to thrive inside of the business and also thrive inside of your personal finances. And, you know, and someone that, you know, gets the car loan, gets the big house loan, gets the furniture loan, also gets the business loan, gets their parents to throw money, you know, their uncle, their great granddad, toss money, 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 money. It's throwing money into something, but it's not solving a problem. It's actually creating a problem yeah. in the long run. And that's, that's one thing that people don't understand. So you really, really, want to be careful about how much money you put into anything uh, because it can make you feel differently. It can make you think that something's going well, even though it's not really going well. Cause if you have to keep funding something with debt, whether it's personal debt or business debt, something's off, you know, the equation isn't balancing. Um, and so it's starting to go underwater a little bit. Yeah. Uh, and like for us too, you know, so we both work full-time jobs still, um, in our business too, we really are not going to put a lot of money into it. You know, we, you know, we, we invest in things that we hope will get returns. And so, you know, we paid good money to have an editing company. Um, but for us, I mean, for us to sometime, you know, one day quit our job, we could do it right now and it'd be great. Oh, we're entrepreneurs. You know, we're going to just dive into this thing, but you know, we wouldn't ever, you know, sacrifice the personal income that we have until, you know, this was probably two times what we were making and we literally couldn't ever sleep one night. I mean, we just never sleep and we just, all we did was work, but you just, I can't, I can't say it enough. I, you really, 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 really need to be careful before throwing debt at a situation because debt will not solve a problem. Mm -hmm. Oh, for sure. And I think also going back to the fact that you guys still work full-time jobs, I think in the entrepreneur world, there's the, entrepreneurs idolize being able to be full-time in our businesses mm -hmm. and not full-time with another job and part-time in our businesses. But you made a really good point about, you know, the fact that you're, 
you're really careful about what you put into your business, knowing that what you put in is obviously going to make a return mm-hmm. for you. Um, what advice would you give an entrepreneur who maybe is in debt over their business? Like how, what would you tell them to help them get out of that? Absolutely. You got to turn the scrappy level up about 10 times. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, really, I think, and I'll switch back and forth between businesses and personal because, you know, it's something that I can talk about in both ways. I think, you know, it, you know, if a business is, is, is going into debt that other way, then you need to supplement it somehow. Um, because if the business keeps going down, 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 you need to figure out how to supplement the losses. I think, um, you know, you got to start to be creative. Like for us, you know, we, you know, we started side businesses and when it wasn't something where money never really dictates us. I don't care if my money, if my income doubled tomorrow, I'm not changing my spending habits. Um, but still we found the time, you know, start an extra business, start a side business, sell stuff. I mean, you really need to get very scrappy. Do you have a car that you can downsize, downsize that car and all of that, all of those things and starting to limit your life a little bit, limit your time. It will make you start to be so scrappy, so creative. And I think ultimately, um, you know, being able to do that is what will flip it the other way, you know, and, or just identifying your business. I mean, how can you make a little bit of money? Um, debt is, it's a very, very, very hard thing to deal with mentally because, you know, it's having to pay back money that like, you already, you already have your shiny object. It's tough to want to pay for it after the fact. So mentally it's very, it's a very hard state, but I would say, you know, side hustle, sell things in your life. You really need to get scrappy. You need to get as creative as possible to start to, um, you know, dig yourself out of the, out of the hole. But and ultimately too, at one point, which I hate to say this, I mean, debt is healthy. Every business has debt. Um, you know, companies take on debt because they can take on debt at a cheap rate invest it into their business and, and make a higher rate of return. And so a certain amount of leverage on a business, but usually that's a mature business, um, is something that all businesses have, but starting out, that's when you really need to be careful about it. And, and Treslin too has another thing to say. Yeah. So commenting on and the, what you just said about businesses having debt, I think a lot of times they are mature businesses that mm-hmm. do have debt and they have very sophisticated finance teams that understand how to take on that debt, how to pay for that debt and why it's a good thing. So um, again, just cautioning anyone who is thinking about acquiring it. Um, it's definitely, it's a slippery slope and it's very, it can be very addictive. Um, I think a good tip for anyone who is in debt as an entrepreneur on their business would be, you know, start small, no payment, is small in terms of paying off the debt. Just start putting any extra money you can towards it. And um, a term that Dave Ramsey uses a lot is a debt snowball. Once you start putting money towards it, it just keeps building and building and building. So I think that putting any extra money that you have towards it is a great way to start reducing that balance. But it is, it's a very, it is a very, very tough question. Um, yeah. I think the biggest thing is, I mean, cause sometimes debt, you know, it can be used in a positive way. You could have purchase orders of a hundred thousand dollars. And so, you know, if, if you're an investor, someone will be like, okay, yeah, I'll, I'll float you debt because of that. I think, um, it just depends, you know, every single company has debt and they use leverage to grow their businesses. But as a young company, um, if you're just going into debt, you don't have any sales and you have the debt coming on, you need to learn how to get very, very scrappy. 
because you're going into your business, you know, the wrong way. You want to go up, you're going down. Just one thing that I would have to say about that. But mm-hmm. Yeah, I love that. And that's all, those are all really great tips. How do you think finances play a role in our mental health or personal life and relationships? Well, like Corey mentioned earlier, personal finances are one of the primary reasons for couples getting divorced. And it can be such a sensitive subject. And so this is why we really encourage people to talk about their finances together and have these conversations and make sure that you're on the same page with your significant other. Because if you are not aligned or not talking about it, you may not know that they have outstanding debt and that could spark really big fights and animosity between you. And as long as you're aligned, you will be in such a better mental space and keep talking, like talk about when you're struggling with money, say, Hey, you know, I really am having a hard time because I think we should be doing this and just having those open conversations, it builds trust. It really does build your relationship and just keep you on the same page. Yeah. It, it really sucks to see the negative impact that money has on people. It, I, I, it, one of the biggest things that frustrates me in my life because, you know, for one, they, you know, it's hard people, they don't, they never learned about it. So, but it does, it causes stress. It causes stress in relationships, stress in your life. Um, you know, stress is a really negative drug on the body to begin with. So, um, you know, with businesses too, that creates the stress. I think that, you know, when our biggest pitch is, you know, alleviate that, you know, how do you alleviate that? Just look at it, build a plan, look at what your budget can be. What do you want in life? Focus on talking to that, whether it's, you know, whatever partner that you have in life or if it's just yourself, figure out what you love to do and understand that money is freedom. So if you're wasting money, you're wasting freedom. Um, You know, what do you want to do in life? What motivates you? You know, where do you want to travel to? Where do you, you know, what car do you want to buy? Whatever that it is, um, you can free yourself from that by purely focusing on just absolutely what you love, strip everything else out and save it. And if you have a plan that you can look towards, you know, a trail map. Like if you walk into the woods, you're probably gonna look at a trail map. You know, knowing where you're gonna be next month, next year, five years, 10 years, 30 years, it will make you at ease. Mm-hmm. It will make you relaxed in whatever you do. And then you don't have to worry about it. I can spend the dollar today. I can spend, you know, I know that it is, it's in my plan. And I, my plan still gets me to where I wanna be in 30 years. So I have no problem spending that money. Um, spending blind though is I think, um, you know, something that, that most people do. And that's what causes a lot of stress, you know, in relationships and just in people's lives. Yeah. And I just want to emphasize what you said, having a plan like that can really put you at peace and remove the stress from your life. And that's really how it can impact your mental health. And it multiplies what you do. So our trip last year, I mean, we don't just spend the money blindly. I mean, we literally, we've been keeping a tally this year so far. Sometimes we clean the condo up in the mountains, you know, by ourselves. And we make $120 when we do that, you know, instead of doing, you know, when we go ski, we pack our sandwiches, we track every little savings that we have from the ways that we're creative and we're still doing what we love to do, but we're tracking that money. And that's the money that we're going to spend later this year. We love to travel. So, you know, we're going to take a big trip this year, but it's not just money that we're going to throw. We're going to earn it through savings throughout the year, but it keeps us motivated. It keeps us hungry. We love to travel. That's what we want to do. You know, going to Starbucks every day, takes away from that freedom. So we don't think about that. We let money move us to the point where we can do those things 
things instead of letting it let us limit it and then we look at pictures online and be sad about it. I mean, we want to maximize our life. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and money helps us to maximize it. It's not a bad thing to have money. And money is such a taboo subject, I think, in our culture. You know, like you said, we're, we don't grow up in school learning how to manage our finances or, you know, there's no business courses. I remember in high school, I had to sign up for business courses because they we're not, you know, offered on a, in any educational level. So like, it's, it's really important to know it, but a lot of people don't know, you know, anything about finances. So those yeah. are all so good. No, I agree. And they put it on a pedestal too. People think that money's going to make you happy. Money's going to solve a problem. It, it's so funny because it doesn't do that at all. Money is, if you're a really miserable person and you're poor, you're going to be a really miserable person and rich. If you're really happy and poor and you, and you come into money, then you will be happy. I think that, you know, like we were talking about it, we doubled our income. Our budget doesn't change. It's been on the same budget actually since I got out of college. Why do I change it? We love the life that we live. We just get creative about it. Our income has gone up significantly since then, but does not dictate what we do. I have no ambition to ever let money dictate what we do and always just be creative about it. People need to understand that money will not make you happy. You know, yeah. figure out what you love to do, only spend money on those things and don't ever think that it's going to solve a problem. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's such a good thing to know. What would you say financially helps make a healthy business or life? Man, um, I would, I mean, I guess we, I, we always go back to this, but it's just really having your budget and knowing your plan. Like that is what is going to make you successful in a financial world. There's a quote out there or a saying that I've seen a lot that the amount of money you make isn't what will determine what makes you rich. It's how you save and the actions that you take. Because if you make a million dollars, but you spend a million dollars, you have zero dollars. And then ultimately, if you're not happy with what you're doing, then you're poor. I think yeah. you know, my thing of someone that's being wealthy healthy or, you know, anything like that. It's someone who just really focuses on what they love in life and doesn't waste money on anything else. I think, um, you know, having a healthy life and a healthy financially is, you know, ultimately being able to do what you want, but people think that it's just spending what you want and it's not, it's, it's, you know, focusing on what you do, focusing on what you love, but saving the rest of it. I mean, who, you don't need it, just save it for later or save it for your retirement. It's, you know, save it for freedom down the road. But, you know, ultimately you got to make sure you love what you do and you got to have a passion for life. It's something for me to sleeping on the floors, you know, in the lobbies, I, I didn't care. I wanted to ski and that was my passion. And that's what I remember. Um, so it's always just throwing money towards what enriches your life. What do you love? And literally in every other situation, strip the money out. You'll never realize you stripped it out because you didn't like it in the first place. And with the business too, it's, <clears throat> Obviously, a healthy business financially is one that's spitting out a lot of cash, but, um, you know, it's having a structure that makes sense too. Um, you know, let the business grow, keep investing in the business, you know, take enough money out to live and, and do the life that you love to do, but, you know, just keep investing in the business and let that be a freedom multiplier down the road. And I think one other thing about how having a healthy business and life financially is actually having a work-life balance and making sure that you take time to enjoy the work that you've put in and what you do. And I mean, maybe if you just enjoy working all the time, you can do that. But I think <laughs> most of us enjoy 
taking a step back and reflecting on what we've done and enjoying uh, thinking about our accomplishments. So I think a work-life balance definitely goes into having a healthy business and life financially. Yeah, taking the time to work out, taking the time. I think it's as a leader. Taking care of yourself. Yeah, as a leader, at a, you know, being at a company, if you see that person that travels, you see that person that takes the time and works out, no matter what, they put a meeting on, they'll cancel the meeting. Working out is important to them. You have to make sure you do the things that are important to you. And ultimately, you'll come back more recharged to just come back and grind and, and make a much larger impact. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, totally. I love that. Well, what's something that you guys are currently working on that you're really excited about? So we have two projects that we're working on right now. I'll start by telling you about our first one. We're actually working on doing a vlog series and doing a video blog because we really want people to get to know our personality a little bit more and we think that a video platform would be the perfect place for this so we're planning on posting different types of videos about how we update our budget and going through a car purchase transaction because if everybody didn't know already Corey loves cars oh yeah um <laughs> and posting travel videos and how we travel to really cool places inexpensively so we're excited to share that with everyone in the next couple months we'll also teach people how to sleep at the uh in the lobby <laughs> i don't know about that <laughs> might make a lot of hotels very upset exactly. <laughs> um, um, and yeah, one thing too to, to expand on her series as well is, um, you know, figuring out how to do those things. So like talking about cars, just a quick example. I've actually flipped almost like 13 cars, mm -hmm. 13 cars in the last four years. I've gone through a lot of cars. I love mm -hmm. cars. Um, and people always think that like, that's crazy when you like finance. But the thing is, is I did it to save money and I haven't spent a dollar on a car. I mean, I, I buy the car, but then we can sell it for exactly what we paid for it. And just doing that and driving cool cars for free you know, going to travel and, and staying in, uh, you know, going to airport lounges. We're always in the lounges when we travel, we, which saves us money and it's cool to be in the VIP lounge. We want really And two, on that point, we get all of our lounge access for free through credit card offers. Mm -hmm. And so we're really conscious of what we do. And again, just going back to maximizing our experiences and trying to do that. Make finance fun. And then I think long-term too, what we really want to do is, is we want to help put together presentations to go to classes, talk to high school students, talk to college students, talk to companies and have seminars, um, just help educate people. It's so, you know, there's so many, there's such a simple little tweak you can make in your life that ultimately would just have a huge impact inside of your life and your happiness. So um, that's one thing that we want to do long-term as well. Yeah, I really feel like there is a real gap in the education system on personal finance. And so that's a hole that we want to fill. And we think that we can teach a lot of people about the financial products that are out there and let them know the benefits and the risks to using any of them and just the emphasis on creating a financial plan for your life. Yeah, and just helping explain explain those concepts. I mean, it's great. You know, you can pick out that constellation in the sky, but you all should also know what a savings account is. What is a 401k? The impact simple, of simple student loans. Impact student loans on your life. You I mean all of that, you know, the cooking class is great, but um, you know, I think it's also important to teach finance. So we, we just want to help bridge that gap a little bit, especially with the youths. 
Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh, that's so important. I cannot wait to see what you guys end up doing with that. And it, I'm so glad that you guys are bringing that awareness because it's so needed. And then obviously your book, which is coming out soon. So that's so exciting. Um, where can everybody find you and follow you and stay updated on everything that you guys have coming up? So everyone can find us at our website, www www.30somethingmillionaire.com and on all of our platforms 30 is spelled out uh, we're on instagram at 30 something millionaire and also on facebook at the same name so uh, we are always posting on there we're going to definitely keep everyone updated on the book status and when we will be launching it so stay tuned for more that's awesome. Well, thank you guys so much for coming on and I really, really appreciate it. And I know that our listeners are going to learn so much from you. So this is awesome. Yeah. Thank you very much yeah, for having us. Thank we you appreciate so much. the opportunity to, to talk about it with everybody. Yeah. And we had such a fun time talking with you and I can't wait to chat again soon. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks so much for listening. For more information or to learn a little bit more about me and my brand, you can follow me on Instagram at Lady Ilg. That's L-A-D-Y-I-L-G. Or visit LadyIlgPhotography.com. If you have any questions you'd like me to answer for you on a future episode, simply email me at Morgan at LadyIlgPhotography.com with your question, and I'd love to answer it for you. Your questions are encouraged and welcome. I look forward to showing up on another episode soon.